Cops don't make enough money. I mean, sure, everybody can say that. I get it. But when you look at a profession that goes to work every day and may not make it home because they put their lives on the line for their community, you would think we would get a little help when it came to payday. The national average pay for law enforcement officers in 2019 in the United States was $61,227. That's not bad, but we have about 10 states that really pushed that average up. States like California, Alaska, New Jersey, and Washington have great salaries for officers, but their cost of living is very high. When you take out the top 10 states with the highest salaries, you quickly drop down to an average police officer salary of $56,088. Still not bad, all things considering, but let's look at the 10 states at the bottom of the list. If you work in one of those states, you will only be bringing home $44,182. That number puts us right with construction workers for annual salaries. Consider frequently changing schedules, rotating shift work, and mandatory overtime. It becomes hard to raise a family when both parents work. Not impossible, just challenging. This means that most cops work side jobs. Side jobs vary from area to area. In some places, cops just pull as much overtime as their bodies can handle, working double shifts to make enough money to get by. Other places, cops might take security jobs at hospitals, bars, or nightclubs. Sometimes you see cops start their own businesses, such as landscaping, locksmithing, or auto detailing. I had a chance to talk to an officer who has a unique take on the police side job, not just helping himself make a little extra money, but helping fellow public safety workers and veterans get the assistance they need when they need it most. It's time to start telling our own stories. I'm Steve Kellums, and welcome to Blue Canary. In 2017, Robert Garland, an NYPD detective, took his passion for entrepreneurship and his desire to help other public safety professionals and turned it into a business. In July of 2020, Fund the First was started. Fund the First is the only verified crowdfunding platform for those who serve. I recently talked with Robert and heard about his unique spin on the side job. My name is Robert Garland. I'm an active NYPD detective, and I'm also the CEO and founder of a crowdfunding platform called FundTheFirst.com. And what we do is we're a verified crowdfunding platform. And if you're familiar like other, other crowdfunding and fundraising platforms like Fundly, You Caring, GoFundMe, the big one everyone knows about. They're all ways for people to raise money, personal fundraising, or raising money for other people, for nonprofits, for businesses, whatever it may be. But what we did is we catered to our first responders, military, and medical professionals to give them a verified and trusted platform to raise money without having to worry about anything. Everything's trusted. Everything's secure. We're partnered with ID.me, which is the number one verification processor in the nation. So it's an excellent experience. Trust is everything. And we're really doing some great things across the country to help out our target audience, which is first responders, military, and medical professionals. Now, how did you get into this? How did Robert decide to do this? That's a great question. So I was working in narcotics. I was in narcotics for six, a little over six years. And one of my closest friends and actually one of my supervisors, Jason Stocker, my daughter was born a couple of days apart from his daughter. His daughter happened to be a twin. And, you know, it's great when you go through this with a friend, you know, children are born, you want to go through milestones, who's talking, who's walking, who's pooping, all that kind of good stuff. And his daughter, unfortunately, was not hitting her milestones at all. And about six months in, 
they were really piling up with medical hardships, financial hardships. And she ended up being diagnosed with a super rare disease, Alexander disease. And they were constantly traveling to Philadelphia to receive help. And it was really unfortunate and really sad to see this. So this is back now four years ago. And I made mention to Jason. I said, Jason, let's get you on GoFundMe or one of these other platforms and let's raise some money. You know, let's, let's get you some help. And he looks at me, he goes, no, he goes, I'm not doing that. And I go, why? I don't want to put Callie's name and her picture up on a platform where someone cross country could just decide, hey, I'm going to copy this and say it's mine and start raising money. And I look at him, I go, that doesn't happen. There's no way. He goes, yeah, it does. He goes, you don't read all that stuff that happens in the news with all these campaigns. I go, stop. So the businessman in me kicked in and I did a data poll. I did a scrape of about 50,000 campaigns and we use keywords such as first responder, military, law enforcement officer, all that kind of stuff. And we pulled 50,000. Of the 50,000, 3% of them were duplicated. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're fraud or scams, but it does mean that someone else created a campaign and copied that one. So that's a problem in the industry. And if you look at the industry as a whole, there's 600 million campaigns out there. So, And that's across all these platforms. There's 191 platforms. It's a $5.5 billion industry. It's out of control. But if you look at it, 3% of 600 million is 18 million. It's a lot of duplicated campaigns. I'm not saying that that's how many duplicated campaigns there are out there, but there's a good amount. So I put pen to paper. I said, Jason, you know what? I'm going to do something for you and for all first responders, military and medical professionals alike. So they could raise funds without having to worry about a thing. And he got choked up and he's like, you're really going to do this? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but give me some time. I'm going to put something together. Put pen to paper for two years. Built together an excellent team, founders of Fund the First. We became incorporated in July of 2019, and we launched the platform in July of 2020. It was incredible. Jason's daughter was our first campaign pre-launch, and I'm getting chills right now. My hair is standing up. I hate bringing this up every single time, but Callie unfortunately passed away at two and a half years old. It was really sad, but it was great to see that we were able to do something for him and his wife and his son. And to really show that his daughter's name will live on forever through our platform. So it was really, really special there. His family will always be near and dear to my heart. And just to be able to provide for him, that was successful in me. And if the platform didn't do anything after that, I would have been perfectly happy. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like, um, at least for me personally, you know, law enforcement, public safety, military veterans. We all tend to be close. We've spent time in, if not the same foxholes, at least we recognize the foxholes that everybody else was in. And it feels oftentimes like we're one big family anyway. And this seems like an opportunity to reach out to your family asking for help. And that's a really hard thing to do for a lot of people. But once you make that first step, as you've said, getting all that support back is huge. No, it is. We take so many phone calls where people don't even start campaigns because they don't want to ask for help. You know, as cops, especially with cops, we're stubborn, right? We don't want to ask somebody, you know, we don't want to ask somebody for help. You know, that's the last thing we want to do. But when they realize that they, when they finally, you know, sit back and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask for help. They see like, oh, wow, I have this support out there. You know, and it means a lot to me. And again, you mentioned officers. It's not just officers, but it's everybody. And the majority of our fundraisers on our platform, if you've looked at fundthefirst.com, they are a lot of law enforcement because what do we see a lot of today, unfortunately? Line of duty deaths. It's so horrible what goes on. 
But that's what happens. And people want to raise money for the families. They want to make sure that these families are not only getting those funds, because something important that we really broadcast, it's not about the money raised. It's about that support that comes along with the money raised. Now, there's so many different ways that people could raise money. You could raise money for a death, an illness, a surgery, a catastrophic loss. If you had a flood in your house, a fire, you know, whatever it may be, a good cause. You know, there's plenty of toy drives, uh, holidays, whatever it may be. There's nonprofits that you could raise money for, and th- those funds go directly to the nonprofit. And then there's also business ventures, and we see it a lot today. What do you see? A lot of um, first responders, military, you see them starting their own businesses, but they don't necessarily know how to raise capital. So they're looking for other ways of incentivizing. So they're raising money through the donation-based industry, and they're basically giving back a tier-based incentive. You know, Donate $100 to my cause. When my company launches, we'll give you three t-shirts and a hat, whatever it may be. Are you seeing a lot of police officers now, particularly under the current times that we're in, making those transitions into private business and using the funding sources that uh, you guys provide to try to get some uh, Kickstarter help? Yeah. I mean, it's funny you brought up Kickstarter because we built a Kickstarter type model into the platform and it's great. I mean, a lot of people, like for instance, with Fund the First, we raise capital. And it was a little different. You know, if you're in the business world, you understand raising capital for your company is going to help with, you know, whatever you may need, your technology, your marketing, your employees, all that kind of stuff. And that's a process. You know, you're talking to investors on the phone all day. You know, you're trying to get on these calls, these emails left and right, venture capital firms, private equity firms. It's a lot of work. There's also crowdfunding platforms for equity like Republic. We're actually listed on Republic right now as a second round. We raised funds to start the platform. We raised $550,000 from private investors. And right now we are on Republic. We decided to open, basically launch a crowdfunding campaign, which Republic is a verified source as well for equity. So we're actually selling equity in the business and it's tough. You know, a lot of people don't understand that route. And I actually love talking about it because it educates people and lets people know that there are other ways of raising money through equity. So we're doing that right now. And that's actually on republic.co. Our campaigns at for fund the first, and we're at I believe about one hundred twenty thousand dollars raised on there. But now with our platform, what we allow for is donation based incentives. So with business ventures, so let's say you wanted to start a business, you're an active first responder, military, medical professional, you want to start a business for a t-shirt company. You don't want to go the route of necessarily giving up equity in your company, whatever it may be. You say, okay, I'm going to list on fund the first. I'm going to jump on there. I'm going to give all my different tiers. You know, tier one. You know, donate a hundred dollars, I'll give you back three shirts and a hat. Donate three hundred dollars, I'll give you back, you know, all these different types of things. So that's on there. We do that. And we've had a couple of successful campaigns. There's one great campaign on there right now. It's called Crayons Ready to Eat. Frank Manto. Frank is an excellent, excellent guy, former military, and he started a crayons ready to eat business. And it's basically crayons that are chocolate, but you could color with them. It's pretty cool. You know, it, it, was a, it was a great idea. And he did not want to go the route of selling equity in his company. So he listed on our platform and he needed to raise $10,000 in order to get this into development. So basically he can't ship out of state from California with the FDA and everything. He has to be approved and he needs a certain amount of funds and all these different types of things in order to ship cross country. So he needed 10,000 to get it started and he surpassed 10,000, which is great. So now he's in production and he's going to be able to start shipping soon. So it's really excellent. The opportunity when people see that you're raising funds for a business and it's for a good cause and you're a first responder, military, medical professional, they have that instant emotional connection. They say, you know what? I'll donate a dollar, $5, $10. I'll donate a hundred dollars. 
obviously your platform is designed for those military veterans, first responders, and, and law enforcement. And you said predominantly you're seeing a lot of law enforcement right now, but are those other sites kicking in? Are they starting to, to gain more traction? Oh, yeah. We've had campaigns from every single industry, from medical professionals, corrections, EMS, dispatch, firefighters. We've had the whole spectrum, but law enforcement is so top-heavy, and that's all you see in the news. So our Fund the First platform basically gets broadcasted so much throughout the law enforcement community because of that. Do you see very many of these officers that are still on the job asking for some of this, or do you see them when they're on the job being afraid of asking, thinking of there might be repercussions? Uh, no, we haven't had any issues. So I'll give a perfect example. I'm not going to say the department, but there is a department that I'm very near and dear to that has a vetting process when there are fundraisers out there. And the reason they have that vetting process is because the, most of the time, the fundraisers that are done are not done on a verified platform. Now, our platform is fully verified, so there's no reason to have that vetting process. So the people, they automatically have that trust system. We have quite a few... And I'm NYPD, quite a few NYPD campaigns on our platform because of that. You know, people see that it's fully trusted, it's fully verified. You know where the money's going to, and you don't have to worry about anything. Have you been working very closely, or do you have any of the other, you know, law enforcement organizations reaching out towards you, like, you know, the FOP or the PBA or anything like that? Yeah. So we've spoken to a lot of different departments nationwide, a lot of different uh, unions nationwide. Now, what happens with the majority of these unions, they're all nonprofit organizations. So they're doing their own fundraisers through their own website or whatever it may be that's already predetermined. So it's been difficult for us to basically grab them and say, hey, use us for fundraising. We're trying. We're trying to establish relationships with the FOP and different national organizations like that. It takes time. I mean, we're only a year old. You know, we still have to prove our success, which, you know, most people, when you get to year three, that's when they're like, okay you know, we'll jump in. Now, is this your first business? Yeah. First successful business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it just seems like the entrepreneurship here to, to develop and kick this off. I mean, you know, I was a cop for 30 years and I can tell you that that wouldn't have been my first thought to go start a crowdfunding platform for a friend. I, it just, my head didn't click that way. So when you told that story, it made me think that you've probably dabbled in some businesses before. It's probably not your first rodeo. I have. I have. I played baseball in college. And one of my co-founders, Michael Luluna, we played together in college. And he's our CFO. He's a CPA. He has his own practice out here on Long Island in Merrick. I studied psychology. And I always had like this aching urge for business. And just past 13 and a half years on the job in the NYPD, you know, I did a lot of investigating, you know, huge wire cases, search warrants, everything, especially in narcotics. And when I was putting all that together, I was like, you know what? If I can do all of this with my caseload, why can't I do business also? So I started to study it. And for years, for about five or six years, I really studied business. I studied different people. I'm not sure if you're familiar with people like Stephen Kotler or um, Simon Sinek. You know, I studied them. I studied their business leadership and what it takes to really start a business. And then I looked at other people and how they formed their businesses. And I started at different spectrums, people that, you know, started a t-shirt business and it wasn't successful. And then I went all the way up to people that started, you know, rocket agencies. I spoke to people at NASA, just asking them crazy questions, you know, because I wanted to know, you know, and you're never going to learn if you don't ask questions. So I always had a drive. So how did you end up a cop then? How did you end up with NYPD? Um, well, that's a funny question. 
when I graduated college, Michael and I, my partner in, in Fund the First, we went out to Michigan. And we went to Michigan to an independent showcase. And Michael ended up signing and he went on to play with the Detroit Tigers. And I didn't get a phone call. And I'm like, ah, okay, maybe I'm not going to be playing Pro Bowl. So July 6th comes around. I get a phone call from the NYPD. You're starting July 8th. And I go, okay, I guess I'm starting in the NYPD. That same day, I get a phone call from an independent team in New Jersey, Atlantic City Surf. And they go, would you like to play with us? And I go, stop. I just committed to the NYPD. (laughs) So so it was a good, it was a blessing in disguise. It was whoever called first, right? Yeah, it was whoever called first. It was a blessing in disguise. My brother, actually, he plays professional baseball. So we have a big baseball family. So how do you fund the first? How do you guys fund this? On the business end, how do you guys pay your bills on the business? And I'm sure that it costs money to have servers and have these things set up and this, you know, code to make everything work. I'm, I'm just curious how you're funding that. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, with any business, there's a lot behind it between employees, between technology, between marketing, everything that goes into it. So we take a 5%. So for every donation, 5% comes back to fund the first. So let's say you donate $100 to a campaign, $5 comes back to fund the first. Very minimal. We also offer an option for people that donate to campaigns to also basically contribute back to fund the first, give back 5%, 10%, 15% on top of their donation. And we actually, a lot of people contribute to that. We have, I think we're up to 30% of every donation gets an additional contribution back to fund the first. Do you have any advice for officers out there who are looking to start up their own business or trying to get a side job off the ground? If anybody ever wants to get in touch with me and learn about business formation or how to get out there and you know take a risk, because it's all risk-taking. We're, we're so afraid to take that risk and go the extra step because we're afraid of failure. We can't be afraid of failure. Failure happens in order for us to succeed. We need that. And a lot of us, especially us stubborn cops, we're afraid to take that next step and we're afraid to fail because now we're saying, oh, well, someone's going to make fun of me. They're not going to see what I was really trying to do. But who cares? Do it. If you have a passion for it and you believe in what you're trying to do, go out there and do it. And that's the story we have to tell. Blue Canary is here to help you tell your stories. And I couldn't do that without the help of some very generous sponsors. Let's take a quick break to hear from one. Help your team rise to increasing expectations with Agency 360's cloud-based software. Whether it is for the training of new employees or annual performance evaluations, Agency 360 can help trainers and supervisors streamline documentation, create consistency, and communicate clearly. Help retention by setting the tone and culture early with Agency 360. Learn more at agency360.com. That's A-G-E-N-C-Y 360.com. Thank you for joining. As always, I'm curious what questions you're getting asked. What isn't the news covering? What story needs to be told? Connect with me at bluecanarypodcast at gmail.com. 